0: show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today including the National Football League, some college basketball, the much-anticipated professional regular season debut of former Duke star and number one overall NBA pick Zion Williamson that finally will happen tonight, long after his knee surgery. Did you know he was born here in North Carolina before going on to be a prep star just to our south in the Palmetto State and then of course detouring to Duke where he was that national player of the year. He was that ACC champion. He was that ACC tournament MVP. And he actually had one of the best freshman seasons in the history of college basketball. Now it's on to the next step. We'll have a question of the day for you as a basketball fan. We have another if you're into baseball the day after the Hall of Fame balloting was announced. The Carolina Hurricanes are headed into the All-Star break in style. Justin Williams, two games into his 2020 season after that long layoff where he stepped away from hockey, How about two goals last night as the Canes beat Winnipeg at PNC Arena? One on the struggling Canes power play. They now get 10 days off. The entire NHL is not off for quite that long on both sides of the All-Star break, but the Canes do not play again until a home game against Vegas on January 31st. So they get the win. They are in playoff position, seventh in the East to be exact. In case you were wondering, In the longer run, it would be nice to climb the playoff ladder. Do you know why? Because if you're stuck at seventh or eighth, your first round playoff opponent, would be either the Washington Capitals who have the best record in the NHL as we speak or the Boston Bruins who have the second best record in the NHL as we speak. Long way to go there, although in hockey they are past the 50-game mark of an 80-plus game regular season. NBA also passed the midpoint, so Zion, remember, has missed More than half of his rookie year with the New Orleans Pelicans. He finally takes the court tonight. Of course, it will be nationally televised. We have a North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame annual announcement to share. If you haven't seen that news yet, one of the best classes I have ever seen go in to our state's juggernaut right here in the capital city of Raleigh. They have a banquet every May at the Raleigh Convention Center to celebrate such things. Muggsy Bogues and Mac Brown and Trot Nixon and Julius Peppers and a whole bunch of luminaries are going in as members of the Class of 2020. More on that news through the course of today's show. Duke dominated Miami last night in college hoops. As we told you, they would. I'll give you the three most important things that I saw coming out of that match as we welcome your questions and comments on the Blue Devils over the Hurricanes. Wake went to Clemson and led most of the way, but then lost to the Tigers at Little John. And tonight, among the matchups worth watching in college basketball, for different than usual reasons, UNC is at Virginia Tech. The long story short is that Roy Williams, as an assistant coach back in the day to Dean Smith with the Tar Heels, As a head coach with the Kansas Jayhawks, and now these last 17 years as the head coach, of course, of the Tar Heels, he has never, at the college level, been associated with a losing season. Never. Not even the NIT year of a decade ago with those Tar Heels who missed the NCAA tournament. He has made 29 of the last 30. The one miss was still a team that finished with a winning record. As the Tar Heels head to Virginia Tech tonight, the surprise team in the ACC, meaning in a good way, Mike Young and the Hokies, are 13 and 5 and 4 and 3 in conference play. If you're above 500 in conference play, you're among the top half dozen teams in the league. You might not be up there with Louisville and Florida State and Duke in whatever order you want to put those big three, but the Hokies are a surprising success story. The Tar Heels were expected to hit bumps with Cole Anthony, their star freshman point guard, injured. But most did not expect them to fall all the way to 8 and 9. As we speak, Roy Williams has a losing record. Eight wins, nine losses this season. The Tar Heels have had only one losing season since Dean Smith was a rookie head coach in 1961, long before I was born. Only one losing record since then, and that was under Matt Doherty years ago. Can the Tar Heels dig out of this 8-9 and hole? Can they beat the Hokies up in Blacksburg tonight? When will Cole Anthony return? He did have a message for everyone on social media late last night. We will pass that along shortly. In the NFL, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald. And the recently retired 28-year-old linebacker, Luke Keekley are all in the headlines. Remember, Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the 49ers is still 11 days away. We do have the two-week break between the conference title games and that biggest of all big games. Uh, a week from Sunday, 1-800-849-2761 is going to be your ticket into the program. I will give you a few questions of the day, depending on your mood, your favorite sport. You may want to chime in on one or more of those. We'll get to that shortly. Quick reminder of today's guest, Rick Bennell is going to join us. Ready for this? Live from Paris, France. Why is Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer who covers the NBA in Paris, France? Well, there's a lot of good possible explanations for that. Sadly for Rick, actually, he's on duty covering the Hornets who have a regular season game scheduled over there later this week. I wish it were just party time for Rick Bunnell uh, for his purposes over there on the other side of the pond, but he will join us through the time change and everything else. Rick Bunnell on all things NBA, including Zion Williamson's debut tonight. Rick joins us from Paris. David Shoemate joins us from the United States of America. He is the play-by-play voice of Duke football and Duke men's basketball. It was Devils over Canes last night at Cameron Indoor Stadium in dominating fashion. Remember, that 30-point win over the Canes. Told you last night, Miami can't handle Duke and their big guys. So Vernon Carey did not go off as much as I would have predicted why they were double and triple teaming him with their... Big bodies, although their big bodies are not nearly as good as their guards at Miami. So, six foot nine freshman Matthew Hurt decided to take advantage of the extra space he got with Vernon Carey being double and triple teamed. He had one of the best games of his collegiate career. Yet another Duke rookie taking steps in the right direction for Mike Shashevsky. Their first five ACC wins were by similar margins, on average, 25 or more points. Overall, on average, they did lose those back-to-back games at Clemson and home to Louisville. So the Devils are back on the right track. We'll talk to David Schumate about some college basketball. There was a brawl last night at the end of the Kansas-Kansas State rivalry game. So a black eye of sports of sorts for college basketball collectively. We'll get into the things near and afar in college hoops. Syracuse at Notre Dame Georgia Tech at Louisville also on tap tonight. Boston College at Pittsburgh along with the Tar Heels trip to face the Hokies in Blacksburg. Here are some questions of the day for you to consider. If I only gave you three categories with Zion Williamson debuting tonight, would you bet boom, bust, or somewhere in between? And when I say boom, I mean Zion Williamson would end up, I'm not even saying the best Duke player ever to go to the NBA. I would say boom, is if you end up among the half a dozen best Duke players ever to make the, ever to play in the NBA. To get into that category, by the way, and I'm sure some of the names are on the tip of your tongue, you better last a long time in the NBA, like a decade or more, and you better make some NBA All-Star games. Some people take shots at former Duke players and what they don't do. In the NBA right Bobby Hurley Jay Williams after being collegiate all-americans there were complicating factors for both of those guys obviously but even a Christian Laettner one of the greatest college basketball players in history he did last a long time in the NBA he did make an all-star game but he was not an elite pro After being, of course, an elite collegian, what would Zion need to do to join the all-time Duke in the NBA team? And who else is on that team? I'll give you some of my thoughts, and I will welcome yours. But with Zion's debut tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans against the Spurs, are you betting boom for his pro career? Are you betting bust for his pro career, or are you betting somewhere in between? Tell us why at 1-800-849-2761. I, of course, will answer that question as well. Baseball fans, the day after the Hall of Fame ballots are released, you can answer this one. Did the baseball writers get it right this year? Derek Jeter did get in, but was not unanimous. One out of 397 ballots did not have the former Yankee shortstop as a Hall of Famer. Larry Walker did get in 76% or so, barely above the 75% threshold. That guy was at 22% three years ago. His numbers didn't change, but his popularity skyrocketed. It was his 10th and final year on the writer's ballot, and he did get in. So only two new members, at least through the writer's balloting, Kurt Schilling, a controversial figure, for social media and other reasons, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, controversial figures for PED-related reasons. All three of those guys did fell, fall short again, but remember, they were the next three in the balloting. In other words, they were the closest to the 75% you need in the writers' balloting to get in. Schilling was at about 70%. You only need 75 right? Bonds and Clemens were above 60%. All three have a couple more years left on the writer's ballot, but they are running out of time to get into the Hall of Fame that way. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Will, representing William Peace University, is also with us. Both guests are later. That means you can chime in now. ACC football schedules were released this morning. I'll give you some of those highlights. North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame announcement this morning. I'll give you some of those highlights. Baseball Hall of Fame announcement yesterday. Did the writers get it right this year? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. And with Zion Williamson's NBA debut regular season style finally here are you betting boom or bust for a guy with the extremely unusual dimensions six foot seven 285 pounds of flying bulldozer boom or bust or something in between for his pro career I will remind you of the other former Duke stars who would make up my personal all NBA team and again when I say that I'm giving credit only for what they do in the pros. All Duke in the NBA. Can Zion be one of the best ever? Would have a long way to go. There might be more impressive bodies of work than you think, not only for former Coach K players at Duke, but in the entirety of Duke's basketball history. Zion Williamson, his regular season pro debut tonight, on national TV more on those more on Cole Anthony and what he said about his return to the Tar Heels Carolina at Virginia Tech tonight how do you get in 1-800-849-2761 David Shoemate of Duke third hour Rick Bennell live from Paris on the NBA third hour your calls on the other side baseball hall of fame NBA NFL college basketball North Carolina sports hall of fame the Canes at the all-star break a little bit on a lot of things you can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith.
1: I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. I think it was happening and I actually truly meant that I that call comes and all of a sudden you can't breathe I barely remember the moment I was kind of floating uh, floating on air and as a Canadian I, it was a proud moment for me to to represent my country and be able to join Ferguson Jenkins in the Hall of Fame.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show both guests are later your calls are now few questions of the day with Zion Williamson making his regular season NBA debut tonight on national TV, the former Duke star, the YouTube sensation, the number one overall NBA pick. If you had to guess, if you were betting boom or bust or something in between for his professional career, which essentially launches this evening, which would you pick and why? I'll give you my thoughts as we welcome yours, one 800 849 For those wondering, to end up among the best Duke players ever in the NBA, and again, I'm talking about throwing your college credentials out the window, There are a lot of players to celebrate under Coach K and otherwise for what they did in college. I'm talking about just the measuring stick. What do you do when you get to the next level? You better hang around a long time, and you better make some NBA All-Star games to end up among the best Duke players ever in the NBA. There may be more distinguished people than you think at that level for a program that sometimes get some criticism for their better college players not always blossoming at the next level. Brian in the Triangle once in on the Baseball Hall of Fame question of the day. Did the writers get it right this year? The announcement yesterday, Derek Jeter got in as we knew he would. But he did fall one vote short of being that unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. Mariana Rivera, his former teammate with the Yankees, remains alone in that regard. I told you yesterday, I don't like writers who play this game. Either Jeter's in or he's not. Don't play the game where you're not sure he belongs in the first ballot unanimous class because of this or that. Either he's in or he's not. Somebody decided to play that game. So 396 people had Jeter in and one person had him out. So of course he's still in. 99 plus percent is way over the 75% threshold, but he does have he does fall short of joining Mariana Rivera in that regard. You just heard the voice of Larry Walker. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Zion Williamson's debut tonight, Duke over Miami last night in college hoops. Cole Anthony's message to college basketball, including UNC's trip to Virginia Tech tonight, our all-fair game, 1-800-849-2761. Larry Walker said that after nine years of falling short, and remember, you're only on the writer's ballot for 10 years, you're not done forever if you're not voted in after 10 years by the baseball writers, but you do have to kind of go kind of the committee route where for all of eternity you could be eligible to get in a different way, but the overwhelming majority of inductees get through this way. Larry Walker had for nine straight years fallen short. He knows what time you get the call if you are on the call list. Now remember, this year's call list, because Schilling fell short and Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds fell short, and we kind of knew everybody else would fall short, was only two men deep. So the time arrives, and Larry Walker's phone does not ring. And he's like hugging his girlfriend or wife or whoever it is, and he's talking with his friends, and two or three minutes go by. And he's convinced that the door is closed forever. Think of that. Most people do not end up immortal in any way. And he's 10 years into his chance at baseball's version of immortality. And he's in the final seconds of the final year of that window, and his phone doesn't ring. Three minutes after he thought it would ring, if he was going to get the call, it actually rang. <laughs> and he started crying, and he started laughing, and he started celebrating with his friends. And there's, you can see on video the people around him just going crazy. But imagine going from the pit of your stomach, I am going to fall a hair short of eternal baseball greatness this shrine for the best ever to do what I made my profession imagine to go from the pit of the stomach the phone's not ringing for the 10th year in a row to, wow, I think I recognize that number just three minutes later than he originally thought. What incredible drama as Larry Walker joins Derek Jeter in the class of 2020. Remember, Schilling, Clemens and Bonds were the closest to 75 without getting there all between 60 and 70% roughly. They do have a couple more years on the writer's ballot. Brian wants in on the Baseball Hall of Fame. Others on Zion Williamson. I'll give you my three most important takeaways from Duke's win over Miami last night. We'll sprinkle in some football as well, college and pro. If you saw the ACC football schedule release this morning, what jumped out most to you when you saw your favorite team's schedule? I'll tell you from my perspective, I'm glad App State and Wake are playing each other again. Many of the details in today's schedule... We didn't know the details, but we did know the matchups. You know, the, your opponents are known ahead of time. Today's schedule unveil is more the details, the times, the dates. I'll tell you this, whereas many are happy because they can finally plan family events on their calendars, finally knowing dates and times, in a, not times in every case, but dates and opponents, for example, there are some unhappy people in North Carolina and other East Coast high school football circles because of the number of ACC football games scheduled on Friday nights, which in some people's eyes are supposed to be eternally reserved for high school football games. For example, the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack will play each other on a Friday this year in the schedule announced earlier today. Now, that is the Friday right after Thanksgiving. That is, in my experience, talking to high school people, not as sensitive because there aren't high school games that day. There may be one or two. But y'all know, Friday nights in September, October, and most of November, that's high school football territory. I mean, whether you saw Friday night lights or not, whether you're in a state like Texas or not, it's high school football territory. Mac Brown of UNC actually put out a statement kind of sort of apologizing and blaming it on the TV partners that they ended up with a Friday game. Again in the Tar Heels and Wolfpacks case it's only the day after Thanksgiving less sensitive but there were more than a half a dozen games on Friday nights in the ACC football schedule released earlier today. Brian, welcome to the David Glenn Show. He's listening on 99.9 The Fan in the Triangle. Go right ahead with your question or comment. Hey BG, how you doing? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? You know,
1: I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, Jeter should have got all the votes. You know, I, I agree. I agree. They, they need to quit. It's, it's not there. I'm just tired of them based. Who gets in the Hall of Fame is based on their, you know, who are they to vote, you know? I mean, just because they cover the sport, I understand that, you know. But it's just it's watered down. Uh, there's guys in there that they, they put in back in the late, you know, the 50s. They probably shouldn't even be in there. True. Uh, statistically-wise, if you're going to base it on statistics, and that's what they always show. Um, like Dale Murphy, he was one of the top five players in the 1980s, period. And that guy's still not in there. You're right. Two, two, two back-to-back MVPs, uh, perennial all-star. Uh, he what? A lot of his problem was he played on a bad team. The Braves were bad. He didn't get to the playoffs as much as everybody else, to have the extra games to maybe get the 400 home runs, which is what they say the uh, the compass is, I guess. Do you think somebody
0: uh, else, Brian, should be voting? I don't have a problem with writers voting. And, of course, there are committees that can get them in even if the writers don't put them in. I, I have a problem with writers who make their ballots about them. Like, if you're an educated – we have a lot of really smart baseball people as guests on our show. You know, Bob Costas is casting a heck of an intelligent ballot for the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't have a problem with writers doing it, but when they play these games, you know – Somebody stood me up for an interview, so he's not going to get my All-Star vote, or I mean a Hall of Fame vote. Or we don't think Jeter should be unanimous, so one out of 400 almost writers decided to play that game and leave him off the ballot. Or even Schilling, I don't know if you were listening yesterday, I am not a fan of Curt Schilling as a human being, but I watched him very closely as a baseball player with my Phillies, with your Red Sox and others, and the guy was maybe the best postseason starting pitcher in the history of baseball, and he has enough regular season numbers to put him in. So, again, don't make the ballot about you if you're a writer and Kurt Schilling bothered you or tweeted something that you disliked. I don't find Kurt Schilling a very likable guy in a lot of ways. I've seen him mock people and, you know, joke about hanging journalists, which is not something funny in my eyes. But that doesn't mean his body of work doesn't deserve the Hall of Fame. So again, I'm not against writers being voting, uh, doing the voting. I'm against writers making about making uh, their ballot
1: about themselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against that either. Uh, it's just they're making it too much about themselves. I agree with you 100% on that. And last year, really, bo- I think it was last year, bothered me a lot because we had a guy get in, Harold Baines. That basically I agree, he had some, had some strings pulled for him by his Tony La Russa, his old manager. Yeah, shouldn't have gotten in, and it, he shouldn't have got in. And it's an embarrassment to the sport. Uh, Harold Baines, I'm sure he's a nice guy, uh, but he just didn't deserve to get in. I agree. Uh, I mean, he played 22 years. I hope you have that many
0: hits. Yeah, uh, hey, what in he, your he, bottom line, Brian? Play w- the field. in your bottom line with Jeter and Larry Walker getting in but Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds falling short, or maybe you have somebody else on your mind. You know, what was the biggest error yesterday?
1: Um, it I don't s- like Bonds. I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't like Clemens. Um, but they should have got in.
0: They're two of the greatest uh, ever. I think there's a lot of voters. Thanks for the call. Since they're above 60%, and remember you need 75 And if you looked at Bonds and Clemens five years ago, they were nowhere near 60%. I think what a lot of writers are doing is making them wait. It's kind of like a purgatory style punishment. We know you were among the best players ever. I mean, Barry Bonds is the home run king, and Roger Clemens has seven Cy Young awards. Nobody ever has more in either of those categories than Bonds and Clemens. Their bodies of work are absolutely beyond reproach when it comes to statistics and accomplishments of that sort. They're at 60-plus percent right now after being at much lower percentages because with each passing year, more and more are saying, throwing their arms up and saying, I can't figure out who's been cheating. Let the let the Hall of Fame decide how they want to handle the steroids in the PED era. But clearly, they're two of the best players in the history of baseball, and I'm going to vote. More and more people are feeling that way with each passing year. Then there's the chunk of voters that just say, I want to punish Clemens and Bonds by making them wait, maybe through... Yo, Larry Walker is not stained in any of these ways. Larry Walker just got in in year 10. It's always weird to me when somebody goes from 20% or so a few years ago to to 75 or more. That's what Larry Walker just did. Now, I know there are so many quality candidates in some years, and one of the few directives you get as a voter is you can only vote for a maximum of 10. So maybe three or four years ago when Larry Walker got 22% of the vote, there was just such a of great candidates that he slid off the top 10 or whatever but it, it's weird to me you're either you're either a hall of famer or you're not it's strange that 22 thought that four years ago or three years ago and now 76 percent think that I'm a little squeamish about that if he if he wasn't so clear-cut three or four years ago he probably is not really clear-cut by year 10 kind of like with Harold, Harold Baines getting in when he shouldn't have I'll leave that there But with Clemens and Bonds, I do think eventually they're going to get in. Um, I don't blame any voter, by the way, who says they cheated the game. We're still learning details about the PED era, the steroids era, and now we have our new cheating scandal, right? I'm okay with the idea of making somebody wait who threatened the integrity of the game. I'm okay with waiting in part because a lot of people are asking the Hall of Fame to come up with a policy Where, however they're going to handle it, most of us agree, it's fundamentally ridiculous that the all-time home run king, you know, Pete Rose, the all-time hits king for a different set of reasons, seven-time Cy Young Award winner Roger Clemens, like, what is your Hall of Fame if those guys are not in your Hall of Fame and everybody knows they were among the best ever to play the game? All three of those examples did threaten the integrity of the game, and that's why it's a difficult decision to make. That's why, frankly, they probably deserve some painful purgatory before they finally get in. I think in my lifetime, I'll see Clemens and Bonds get in With the betting on baseball, Pete Rose, I think it's an even longer long shot. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. More of your calls on the other side with Zion Williamson finally making his NBA debut tonight, regular season style. Are you betting for his NBA career boom, meaning one of the best ever from Duke at the next level, bust, meaning for injury or other reasons he just doesn't cut it, or something in between? I'll give you my answer as we take more of yours. Meanwhile, UNC point guard Cole Anthony has heard calls for him to protect his multi-million dollar NBA draft lottery status and not play for the Tar Heels for the rest of his freshman season under Roy Williams. He has heard the advice of those would-be agents. Why risk your body, your health, and your millions at the college level when you have, barring another serious injury, when you have the mega millions awaiting you at the pro level? Cole Anthony has heard that argument, and now we know what he thinks of that argument. I'll tell you what he said as the Heels head to Virginia Tech tonight as we take more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show.
1: Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver (laughs) to be a part of the play.
0: The guy is drunk,
1: but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Thank you guys for all the support and patience you had with me through this journey. It's time. I'm excited to see you guys in Smoothie King's dance.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was the voice of Zion Williamson. Did you know he was born in Salisbury, North Carolina? He was a prep star in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He became eventually a six foot seven, 285 pound flying bulldozer of a prospect. In the end, easy to forget, remember what his stepfather ended up saying when he signed with Duke? Clemson had a mile and a half lead on the field to sign the home state kid, Zion Williamson. Brad Brownell had a mile and a half lead until Coach K and others started knocking on that door as Zion not only became that YouTube sensation, if you recall, thanks to those crazy highlight reel dunks when he was in high school and other things on YouTube, he had, ready for this, millions, plural, of social media followers, and that was before he got to Duke. He makes his... Regular season NBA debut tonight. He, of course, has been sidelined after knee surgery for the entirety to this point of the regular season. We're going to go to John Winston-Salem, who wants in on the Zion question of the day. With his career launching at the pro level tonight, are you betting boom, meaning he ends up one of the best Duke players at the NBA level? Again, throwing out what they accomplished in college, just only NBA accomplishments. My all-time Duke and the NBA team, by the way, starts with a former NBA guy and a current NBA guy. Would anybody care to guess? Who comes to mind for you, Darren Vaught, as we go to John in Winston-Salem, Nolan wants in on the Baseball Hall of Fame, others on the ACC football schedule reveal. I'm just happy that App is visiting Wake Forest and Duke is visiting NC State. Those are rivalries that at times have been played and for long stretches thanks to ACC expansion has not have not been played. App and Wake are not that far from each other and should play often, and yet they've gone decades without playing each other. We were there with the big tailgate tour when they played each other in Boone. Now the return match this year as part of the ACC schedule reveal will be on a Friday night, September 11th, Mountaineers at Demon Deacons. Duke is at State. Now, remember, they're in opposite divisions. They played each other every year for decades as members of the ACC. Expansion changed things, and now they don't play each other every year, but it will be Duke at NC State as part of those two teams' schedules. But back to the Duke basketball thing, John and Nolan and you, 1-800-849-2761. Zion is being called by some the most anticipated NBA rookie since LeBron James in 2003. You can make an argument for an Anthony Davis or somebody else, but Zion is on this short list as most anticipated. That's why the Pelicans have been scheduled for so many national TV games. Again, that those schedules were made... So far ago, they didn't realize Zion would miss the first half of the NBA season at the time. So the lowly out-of-the-playoff-picture Pelicans have been on national TV a lot while losing without Zion Williamson. He is back tonight as they face the Spurs. The best NBA players Duke has ever produced and judged only by their pro career again, not what they did with the Blue Devils. The first two names out of your mouth should be former NBA star Grant Hill. Now, everybody remembers the ankle injuries. Everybody remembers that he did not reach the top of the mountains, so to speak. But he played almost two decades in the NBA, and he went to seven All-Star games. I mean, if you go to that many All-Star games, you are one of the best players in the history of your school to reach the next level, period. He might not have been the next Michael Jordan, the way some predicted for him coming out of Duke in the 1990s, but Grant Hill is absolutely in your starting lineup, greatest blue devils given to their accomplishments in the NBA. The f- there's a current NBA player who would be on this at the top of this list. Like, Darren, if you and I were drafting at the YMCA and only former Duke players who made the NBA level were in our midst. So you and I look a little bit out of place, but we get to pick the teams for whatever reason. I go Grant Hill. And we got to go in their prime, right? I'm not getting the broadcaster, older man version of Grant Hill. I'm getting the guy who played in seven All-Star games. There is a current NBA player who, who is truly probably one of the two best former Duke players. Again, judged only by their pro body of work. I know what Christian Leitner did at the college level. I know what others did. Judged only by what they did in the pros. You, I think you would know this one. Yeah, it got to be Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is already a six-time All-Star. Right. He hasn't even played a decade in the NBA, but he's already an NBA champion. He's already a six-time NBA All-Star. It's Kyrie at the point. It's Grant Hill at one of the forward positions. After that, it starts to get a little bit more debatable. But that's the threshold. Zion would need a long career, and he would have to become an NBA All-Star. Shane Bandier and Kyrie Irving are not the only two multi-time All-Stars among former Blue Devils. I mean, uh, Grant Hill and Kyrie Irving are not the only two multi time NBA All Stars after playing at Duke. Now, Shane Battier is probably on our 13 man roster former Blue Devils, at the next level. And he was an NBA champion. He was not an NBA all-star. So we'll put we'll bring him off the bench. A heady player, Darren. He'll set screens and take charges for us quite a bit as Kyrie, Grant Hill, and others handle the ball that much more often. Let's see what John and Winston-Salem has. With Zion making his pro debut in the regular season tonight, are you betting boom or bust or something in between for his professional career?
1: Uh, I am going to bet boom because... Uh... Yeah, previous uh, experiences with uh, Derrick Rose and all, uh, and Tim Duncan, who, uh, who in their careers have had knee problems, but eventually got it together with jump shots and moves that they could go to, to ensure that they actually got some points and rebounds and yeah. made a, but made a contribute to the to the team without actually putting their body in more harm's
0: way. And by the way, for those who didn't see Zion Williamson for a little while in the preseason, anybody whose theory was that because he was a bull in a china shop and at 6'7", 285, college guys couldn't handle him and there's no way he was going to be able to do anything important in the paint given all those seven-footers and the length and the strength and all that, that theory's out the window. I mean, Zion can do – Not to the same degree, but he absolutely can play some in and around the basket with his size, strength, and skill. Even at the NBA level, he can do some of that. Now, to be truly great, does he have to round out his perimeter game? Of course he does. But the idea that he can't do that stuff inside because it's the pros, that's just a bad theory. I think the hardest to predict aspect of this, and I'm a believer in Zion just like John and Winston-Salem is, I think he's going to be a very good pro. The variable that is impossible to predict to me is the injury variable. Variable, And he mentioned Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick Rose went from MVP to out of the NBA entirely to now, again, important enough that the Sixers and some others are thinking of trying to trade for him you know, for a, a playoff run. Is Zion Williamson going to stay healthy? Is the human body built to withstand six foot seven, two hundred and eighty-five pounds? The closest thing to comparables we have in the history of basketball at any level are guys like Charles Barkley, who did pound, you know pack a lot of pounds on a smaller frame, and you know played essentially power forward, even though Charles was only six four or so. But even that's a miniature Zion Williamson, six seven, two eighty-five, folks. We have never seen before. There is no perfect parallel. There are other sort of, kind of parallels. Rodney Rogers was an amazing athlete at Wake in the NBA at close to those dimensions, but Rodney wasn't near 285 pounds when he was as athletic, at his peak athletically. Late in his career, he did get heavier, but Zion Williamson is at peak athleticism while at 275, 280. We've never seen that before. Do his knees handle that okay in the long run? Do his ankles handle that okay in the long run? That's, that's like a question for scientists and doctors. I don't know that answer, but can his, can his game translate to the NBA? Absolutely yes. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He seems to have a good work ethic. He's not fully in control, of course, of his health. And for anyone rooting for Zion, I'll just add this. Even if he is closer to bust than boom, And I would bet, boom, for the record, you know, something in between is the easy answer for everybody. I ask, what will Zion end up being at the pro level? Boom, bust, or something in between? You know, the the fallback answer might be something in between. I'll go boom because I've seen how great he can be, even a little glimpse at the NBA level. And if you like Zion, as I do, you have this as kind of a comfort zone, even if he ends up somewhere in between. Do you know who has the largest rookie shoe deal in the history of basketball? His name is LeBron James. Do you know who has the second largest rookie shoe deal in the history of, college, uh, the history of basketball? His name is Zion Williamson. So even though he's only debuting tonight, for the Pelicans against the Spurs, he already has a five year, $75 million shoe deal with Michael Jordan's Jordan brand under the Nike umbrella. And that's, remember, in addition to the mega millions that he makes as the number one overall pick this year, this past year, this most recent draft of the New Orleans Pelicans. 1-800-849-2761. More of your calls on the other side. I think Craig in Greensboro has another of the very best former Duke players as measured by their NBA careers. Who's Zion trying to catch if he wants to be among? Let's say he wants to be in the starting five of all former Duke players as judged by how they did in the NBA. We have a point guard in Kyrie Irving. We have a forward in Grant Hill and we have plenty of other names from which to choose. Zion hopes to have that kind of career, and that launching pad is on national TV tonight. 1-800-849-2761. Back to your calls next. Great guests, David Shumate of Duke and Rick Bunnell from the Charlotte Observer, live from Paris, France, on all things basketball. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show.
1: Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends
0: of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person
1: as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America.
0: You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Cole Anthony of UNC has a message for those of you who tell him he should just pull the plug on his college career entirely, not come back for the Tar Heels at all, UNC at Virginia Tech tonight, and protect his status as an NBA lottery pick. Cole was addressing you on his social media account late last night others want in on zion williamson are you betting boom or bust or something in between for his nba career we're also discussing which former blue devils he's chasing if he wants to be one of the best not just playing under coach k at duke all-time duke guys in the nba we mentioned kyrie irving and grant hill they would be in our starting lineup among those with the best NBA careers after playing for the Blue Devils. Zion would love to get there. Are you betting boom or bust or something in between as he makes his nationally televised debut this evening? The North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame has a new class of 2020. The Baseball Hall of Fame has Derek Jeter and Larry Walker on the way in, but Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and a whole bunch of others still left out. Duke over Miami in college hoops last night. My three most important takeaways from that game. We will get to Rob, who's in Asheville. That'll be fun. His son played against Zion Williamson at the high school level. Nolan wants in on the Baseball Hall of Fame. Craig wants in on Zion and or great Duke players in the NBA. You can be next on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night
1: after uh, after we won the race. Did you and really? It was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because <laughs> i got to go back to racing.
0: Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.